I remember the feeling of losing blood um, and laying on the floor of my living room, um, feeling very weak and, you know, kind of processing and knowing that I was literally fighting for my life. It's coming on Christmas, they're cutting down trees, they're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Hi. I'm John Yeager, your host for this edition of Bloodworks 101, the podcast which we hope will inspire or educate you to donate either time, money, or blood. So why are we listening to an old Joni Mitchell tune about Christmas here in the middle of October? Well, that's because it's when this story began, on one of the darkest days in Catelyn Roberts' life. Catelyn was the woman you heard right there talking about fighting for that life. Catelyn lives in Eugene, Oregon, and works for the University of Oregon as the Director of Fraternity and Sorority Life. She's a strong advocate for blood donation. In fact, there's a special blood drive in her honor running right now in Eugene at Lane Bloodworks and all across the Pacific Northwest. Why? Well, it all began December 20th, 2019, just five days before Christmas. On December 20th, I was attacked by my former partner um, and stabbed 19 times um, and I had some permanent nerve damage um, that has left me unable to raise an arm and um, my right diaphragm is paralyzed so my breathing is very difficult. Um, I was taken to uh, the trauma unit at um, Peace Health Riverbend and given three units of blood and three units of plasma in a emergency protocol, emergency transfusion protocol. Um, And I spent six days um, in the hospital, uh, including over Christmas, um, two and a half days in the ICU and Merry uh, Christmas, huh? Wow. Yeah, it was it was not exactly what I had planned for Christmas. Um, we had a huge Christmas tree in our living room and the police officers who came in later, they said, I'm really sorry, but we had to move the tree. <laughs> That's OK. <laughs> Funny the things that people remember, isn't it? Right, right. Um, I have a seven year old son and he was taken in by my coworkers, um, spent a day or two at various people's homes, but they all celebrated Christmas with him. So he had about five Christmas celebrations. <laughs> and I, I'm afraid he's going to be disappointed this year. <laughs> I think he has his mom, though. I mean, you, yeah, I know you're joking, but uh, yeah. uh, you have you have your health, you're 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 alive. Right. And uh, you have an appreciation for a blood donation that I think a uh, few people would be able to would be able to uh, match or understand or have empathy for. I mean, you you yeah. know what it's like to need blood. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I remember the feeling of losing blood um, and laying on the floor of my living room, um, feeling very weak um, and you know, kind of processing and knowing that I was literally fighting for my life. Uh, 
Um, and if I had not been able to receive blood, I would not have survived. There's just no way. I lost way too much, way too fast. And um, they, I was, I'm so grateful to the people who donate. Um, I, every, every time I talk to a friend and share the story, I say, if you can donate, please do. Um, and I've had several of my friends say, oh, we, we did, we did. We went and donated um, because of you. And um, that warms my heart because I know it'll help someone. Tell me about the drive. Tell me about this, this virtual drive that, uh, that's happening. A lot of the blood donations come from our university students. And uh, unfortunately with COVID, can't hold on-campus drives, and so they, uh, they'd come up with this idea for a virtual drive where the students um, can get recognized and acknowledged for donating um, through through the actual blood center um, and trying to, you know, give them some incentive and um, make it exciting for them. Uh, but our, when I presented it to our students, they were all very excited about it, and willing to help um, and basically just said, tell us what to do and we'll do it. And um, I think that's great. And it really uh, gave me some hope. I, you know, this college students um, tend to feel kind of immortal and they're having a really hard time with um, the COVID situation. And do we really have to wear a mask everywhere? And do we really not, are we really not allowed to socialize? But they're getting the hang of it. And um, the fact that they really wanted to help in this way um, was was really exciting for me. Without going into uh, you know exhaustive detail, mm-hmm. and I don't want to traumatize you at all, but um, you said that you felt um, the the life sort of bleeding out of you. You you mm-hmm. felt like you, you could actually feel that happening um, mm-hmm. at night. That must have that must have just been. It's impossible to forget. Oh. 100%. Um, you know, you, you hear stories of people who, um, you know, have seen the light and things like that. And I didn't see a light, but um, I remember uh, the last wound that I received, I told my attacker, I'm dead, I'm dead. And he stopped. Um, I think that's what convinced him to stop. And then I, um, he, he left, he went outside, and I was on the floor. And I remember thinking, what's going to happen if I die? Um, where's my son going to go? Uh, that was my primary concern. And the, the strangest things went through my head, like, nobody has the password from my bank account. How are they going to get my money? And, you know, it's just, it, it was kind of crazy, those things that were going through. But I just remember saying, like, keep fighting, keep fighting, don't die. And um, when the policeman, when the police got there, um, the officer who, who saved me, um, I, I said to him, I, please don't let me die. And he said, we're not going to do that. And um, he, he saved my life. And um, I will, he's now a very good friend and I will forever be grateful to him.
So what's your message then to people? I mean, I think you've probably already given it right there, but <laughs> if you had one thing to say uh, to people uh, in Lane County and Eugene and, and throughout the Northwest, even all, all across the Northwest, what, what would your message be? Oh, well, absolutely give blood or plasma if you can. Um, and be good to each other. And, you know, we're in a very scary time right now and um, we have to watch out for ourselves and each other and, you know, protect ourselves. And if there's, you know, giving blood is traumatic for some people, I understand that, but it's not difficult. And it's such a huge thing that you can do for someone who really needs it. Because um, like I said, if I, if that blood had not been available, I would not be here. Okay. Wow. Geez. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, Absolutely. I am a big believer in um, happy endings. Um, <laughs> I mean, in in the sense that I think that something good can come of, of this. And I, I'm pretty sure that's why you're doing it. But uh, oh, yeah. I, I think that something good is going to come from all of this. 100%. Um, I... I, I even laying in the hospital I just felt like I have a new mission in life now and you know it's to um, help women in domestic violence situations help survivors um, and also to help people who need blood donations or can give blood donations and encouraging that um, so that that's my whole mission now is to help where I can and use my story in a positive way Since I originally spoke to Catlin Roberts, two things have happened this year. One thing is still happening right now. In February, her attacker was convicted of first-degree assault and received a 12-year sentence. I asked her about that, and she gave me what I consider a remarkably healthy answer. Catlin told me she could have felt sorry for herself, but said that's never been her style. The second thing that happened was in July. She had surgery to relieve pressure in her diaphragm. Nerve damage from the attack had paralyzed her diaphragm. She had great difficulty breathing, but the surgery was a success. And today, Catlin tells me that she can breathe a lot easier. I think a lot of us feel that way too about Catlin. To me, that feels like a long overdue gift in a story that started as a dark cloud over Christmas. If you'd like to donate to the virtual drive in her honor, enter the code FSL when you go in to donate. Tell them when you go to donate that you'd like to be part of the Catlin Roberts virtual blood drive. FSL stands for Fraternity Sorority Life. It's a virtual blood drive, October 19th through November 1st. You don't have to be in Eugene to donate in Caitlin's honor. You can do it anywhere. Well, that's just about it for this edition of Bloodworks 101. I'm John Yeager. See you next time. <laughs>